Hello, everyone. I am Natasha Ryan with The North Group, and it is indeed time to head north, our podcast. Here with me, Vince Rocco Vargas, also from The North Group, and you might recognize him from the show Mayans MC. And we have our friend Dan Holloway downstairs in the uh, in the window here of our recording. Veteran and host of the podcast Drinking Bros, and I'm sure you've seen his handsome face on Fox News quite a few times. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. Uh, you left out the part where uh, Rocco was also a host of Drinking Bros, right? What are yeah, you well, I was for? about to uh, bring that up. I did not know yeah. that. The history of Drinking Bros and where it started and how it's continued to manifest into different mm -hmm. things. And currently, it's, it's its own entity. It's so far different from where we started in a garage. Mm -hmm. Uh, a drinking <laughs> and just saying silly stories. Uh, it has turned into a, a legitimate um, media source, and which has been pretty exciting to watch you guys grow and turn it into. Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, you know, I feel like uh, just the the kind of people we all are, yourself included, Matt, Evan, Jared, uh, Ross, uh, maybe Ross to a lesser degree, but we're all like problem solvers institutionally because of our experience in the military. So it seems like the show grows how it grows, but our efforts uh, seem to, to find gaps, right. That need servicing, whether it's in the veteran community or, or wherever, right. It doesn't really matter, but, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's been interesting to watch how things have kind of changed over the years. Well, yeah. I mean, when, when we just, just popping off when we first started, the podcast was probably somewhere around 2013, 14, I believe it was. And it wasn't about, you know, being a media source for us. It was more of being a community for the veteran community and, and like-minded individuals because at mm. the time, you know, the Drinking Bros community was kind of meant for a space for uh, you could kind of reach out and, and talk to someone if you needed a drink, really focusing on veteran suicide and veteran hardships and struggles with transition. And, and that was a bunch of veterans kind of telling their stories day to day. And mm. as I've seen it turn into, you know, not even just media, but social media turned into a place where information is the necessity or it becomes mm. like priority or the main source of information. Uh, the podcast went from what it was and it was just kind of like very juvenile at the time, just just fun. Uh, till now, what I see you guys doing um, is a viable and legitimate uh, place for information. Yeah, I mean, we've tried to make it viable. It's it's tough. I mean, there's, as, as I said, you know, the the instinct is to try to find um, gaps wherever they happen to be, whether it's in uh, uh, understanding, I think is one of the better ways that we can do stuff. And that, that was one of, like, I, I still to this day have to explain that the the name of the show, Drinking Bros, doesn't necessarily just mean that we're all pissed drunk all the time you know what i mean it, what it means is that yeah. no one ever has to drink alone if you want to come drink uh a uh, uh, a freaking Lacroix with me that's we'll do that too it doesn't matter that's not the point the point is the bros right drinking is the modifier bros is the is the uh the proper noun in that statement yeah, um, it, it was community yeah and for so. sure yeah i mean that's why jared created the facebook group in the first place and it had several iterations prior to that i think beer drinking bomb droppers was one of them there were a couple of them that was um, the first version. Yep, beer drinking bomb. Yeah, that yeah, was, but I mean, so it's there's trust in the media is at an all time low. I mean, we're seeing it right now. This is the first. I think this 
Ukraine Russia thing is the first conflict we've seen through the lens of uh, both social media, which is a very rapid amplifier of information, whether it's good or bad. And then, uh, you know, hmm. some level of collusion between certain political figures and big tech, right, to, to siphon off uh, information that they don't want to, uh, you know, uh, have at the forefront and then to propagate information they do. And I don't think people are ready for it. I mean, everybody kind of knew this was a possibility. But if you just talk to a random person on the street about this conflict, uh, uh, you're going to get one of three answers. You're going to get some stupid partisan nonsense from one side or the other. Right. You're either going to get like, oh, this is, you know, uh, Zelensky's a crisis actor and um <clears throat> This was all because of NATO expansion, or you're going to get that. Don't worry about NATO expansion over the last 30 years. Putin's just an evil guy, or you're going to get somebody who's like, you know what? I don't know what to believe. It's one of those three things, and that's mm -hmm. those are not good answers to that question because there's no nuance in that conversation, and there needs to be. There has to be room for people to say, this is on Russia, but what could we have done to prevent this? And there's a lot of things. One is to stop NATO expansion over the last 30 years, or at least you know curtail it a little bit. The other part, the big one is what uh, Trump was doing, which is to arm them in advance as a deterrent, right? So there would be no war. Uh, and we stopped doing that about a year and a half ago. I don't remember why. <laughs> no clue. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I think that's what we, one of our podcasts we had. We talked about it was interesting to see the um, misinformation and the psychological operations of social media mm. super powerful for Ukraine to to get i mean masses of actors every, everything to support ukraine but then like sharing and making shirts and promoting these stories that weren't even true right they, they were yeah they like were the ghost of kiev and the the right. snake island thing yeah it's just nonsense and look uh you know you and i have done quite a bit of war uh it's it sucks and I understand the need to uh, message effectively and make sure that people know what's going on and support things. Uh, but it's the same. This is just carryover from the last several years uh, of the West, which is um, <clears throat> uh, people in power. Patricians have become very comfortable with the noble lie. The noble lie. And so uh, what I mean by that is they've, they've become very comfortable with, well, the, it's too hard to explain to these people what's actually going on or, or they're not smart enough to make decisions for themselves. So we're going to twist and tailor this message so it makes sense for them. Maybe there's a couple of white lies in there. Well, I'm sorry. You can't get away with that anymore because we've got the fucking internet. You know what I mean? You can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Everybody can look up every single thing you say. So, yeah. uh, I mean, you, it's not, it, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's not just enough or it's, it's not just, <clears throat> that they've told the white lies to manipulate people. It's what they've done to the, the institution, like the trust in the institution of public health, public safety, uh, national security, the media in general. All of those things have been degraded now. And all that does is allow for rampant fundamentalism. Like people are, people get confused and afraid and being tribalistic, uh, dumb, dumb cavemen like our, we regress back into it's my side versus yours, even when that's not even the case. You know what I mean? And it's super right. dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous at the local level, but it's super dangerous globally. Who knows what's going to happen? I can't now. get over how how tribal that's the word I describe it, how tribal everyone has become just rabid 
not open, not willing to have a conversation. And I do, you know, it is misinformation, a lot of it that has fueled all of this and a lack of understanding. And coming from the media perspective, you know, I got out of the media for reasons. Um, but, you know, we had this conversation, interestingly enough, Dan, um, in one of the other podcasts, because you frequently get asked, okay, where do I get accurate news? I get that question. Well, people ask me that a lot. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, it's like the game of telephone, right? I don't want to repeat our same conversation, but like you have to pull from all these sources and kind of use common sense and do the fact checking yourself, right? Because it used to be when you turned on the news, it was fact checked and you were good to go. And now that doesn't exist. So it is up to you now to do your homework and try to find the facts and disseminate. And people don't have the want or the time. So they just follow, pick a side, tribal, call it a day. I feel like this should be the easiest time more than ever to see all the discrepancies in the government's mm-hmm. word, uh, especially yeah. with COVID. And, and I'll COVID. touch on it. Yeah. It, was, it was a crazy, it's a crazy thing when you go into the airport, everyone's sitting down eating, can not wear a mask. But if mask walk, work, masks don't work. You know, that's that here, mask not here. Yeah, very simple what? things like that should be enough to be like, oh, wait, what? Right. And that is what bothered me because my wife is a very, very like, she just, you know, I guess she was sheltered. She wasn't like me. She didn't go to war. She didn't chase the worst dude in the world. She, she didn't do these things. And so she's like, babe, I'm nervous. I'm like, don't listen to this crap. Like, don't listen to radio. Don't listen to this. Watch when I'm nervous, get nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I'm like, always, I wake up in the morning. I read three different news things. I, I, I research. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I text friends that are involved. I've texted Dan before like, Hey bro, what do you think about this? I've done that because that's how I stay kind of current. But you know, I understand my wife, like she doesn't want to involve herself in all that because it's, it's a little overwhelming when you start dissecting. A lot overwhelming for a lot of people that don't have the stomach for it. Yeah. And so she gets uh, so panicked and I'm like, all right, you just, when I'm worried, you're worried. <laughs> well, this is a breakdown uh, in fundamentals on behalf of our country, right? So uh, public education, the way it's changed, oh, the way it did change in the 20th century was a big problem for the for the United States, especially maybe from other Western countries, but particularly here. Um, we went from a system where you learned basically uh, the very simple stuff at home from your parents and then uh, advanced things you would learn in schools from people who are trained to teach you that. I mean, from the primary school all the way up through uh, uh, through university, that was the case. And then we, there was some shift uh, sometime in the early uh, 20th century where schools became, they basically became uh, centers to create better factory workers. Like it, it, it's a for, it's another form of feudalism, basically. So um, large corporations in league with the government want to create obedient workers who are just smart enough to make the machines work, but not smart enough to how to go build their own business. You know what I mean? And that's why even today in high school, like it was a revolutionary thing that DeSantis passed a bill uh, that requires teaching kids about finance in high school. How the hell could that have just happened in 2022? You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's, that's imbecilic on our, on our part. Right. And it, and it's it's either, how is this not in existence? So it's either you you have to there's something called Hanlon's razor. Don't imply malice when incompetence will suffice. But man, it's hard to believe that somebody would be that stupid 
that you wouldn't think that people who are 18 years old, who, by the way, can go get $250,000 in student loans, that you don't teach them how to manage their finances at all, how to start a business, what that looks like, how to go find an attorney and start a business, how to find a CPA and start a business. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. in my opinion, I don't really get involved with political parties to include libertarianism, but they get some things right. The uh, individual liberty and personal entrepreneurship are the ultimate inoculations to tyranny. Those are the only two things that work, right? And we've completely jettisoned that as a culture here. It's it's like the bigger thing. Think about during the last few years when there were shutdowns, mom and pop businesses went out of business. About forty thousand businesses closed forever just in L.A. Right? Yeah. Uh, and bigger businesses got even bigger. Right. Oh yeah, they were receiving so much money from the government. So I own a small barbershop. We we didn't we didn't get, and I didn't have anyone in that barbershop for almost eight months. I was mm. paying that out of my own pocket, out of my own savings, just to keep my barbers, you know, uh, just to have a place. They were they were doing their best. We applied for that loan, right? It's like a, a they denied us right away. They denied us hair studios, any kind of barbers, nails, any kind of stuff like that. That was gone. But then you have other companies that are receiving millions to stay alive. Yeah, I think something like six hundred million dollars just disappeared, right? There, it's there's currently I think six hundred million in COVID relief funds that are unaccounted for that that were supposed to go to small businesses. But a small business, uh, the U.S. definition of a small business is a business that revenue is under sixteen million a year. I think so. Yeah. That's a pretty broad definition of what a small business is. Um, but again, that's. Uh, uh, to go back to that, public education is one of the fundamentals we've gotten away from, and it shows in the way that we're able or I rather and incapable of digesting information and making uh, 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 opinions based on information, whether it's, you know, true or not. So there's a couple of things you can do to help yourself. One is to read a breadth of different types of information and immediately understand the lens through which you're consuming that if it's on fox you know what it's going to be if it's on cnn or msnbc you know what it's yeah. going to be right yeah. um and once you hear a statement made you should uh, immediately ask yourself is this claim falsifiable right is this a claim that i could put through a test and find out if it's true or not or is it just somebody's opinion right uh and if it's if it's the the latter then you may as well just dump that right out of your brain there's no point in even thinking about that anymore like that guy, um, the spokesperson for, uh, man, not Kirby. It was the State Department spokesperson. Uh, I can see his face. I can't remember his name, but he was like, um, "We have we have it on uh, good intel that Russia is going to run false flag operations." And a reporter in the audience, I think he was from, I think he was from the Washington Post, actually. So it wasn't like a conservative reporter. It was like, "Well, what right. do you mean you have intelligence?" He goes. Uh, yeah, we have intelligence. He goes, well, can you share that intelligence with you? And he's like, I just did. I just told you. I'm like, no, you just said a sentence, <laughs> asshole. That's not intelligence. That's you saying something, right? That's an. Yeah. That's a. I just wanted to use that example because that is an unfalsifiable claim. That is a claim made that is not an empirical claim about the universe necessarily that can be tested and proved either right or wrong. And if somebody tells you stuff like that, let it go. That's not real. Yeah, yeah but it's so hard to get people to break down the old walls that they put up for like mm. information to say listen mm. some of that might be true and a lot of that might not be true but you have to really find that answer and like i said my, my wife i've tried to explain to her 
and she goes, okay, okay, good. And then we she goes back to a, a news report. Oh, oh, the fourth strand of Omicron's coming in. For, and she's like, oh, my God, babe, we need more hand sanitizer and toilet paper, right? And I'm like, yeah. hold up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and no matter how much she lives with me, and this is like – this is kind of an example of the, the rest of the world, right? Your average person mm-hmm. who doesn't experience this. It's just real easily pulled – sucked right back into it. And that's why, you know, we see these – oh, another strand. <gasps> You know, this like panic again. And that's just right. how easy people are sucked back into it. Well, and you have to remember how news works, right? You know, there is a dramatic, you have to be dramatic about things to gain attention. Unfortunately, that's how it works. Yeah. No one wants, you know, those good news networks, they fail. Why? No one's interested in hearing. <laughs> they don't no hear. Oh, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Well, there's your story. It's gone. So you have to like, that's why the teases are dramatic. And yeah. the, but know, why hasn't they, there why hasn't there been a bad news network that shows the bad news from both sides? Like if Jared Kushner took two billion dollars from Saudi Arabia, I want to know about that. And if Hunter Biden took several fifteen million or so from Ukraine and from uh, the mayor of Moscow's wife, I want to know about that too. I don't give a shit about Republicans and Democrats, yeah, right? Yeah. I want to know what's right. And and there yeah. that either either one of those would be good. Like a good news network would be fine. Uh, but good news isn't really news, right? So that's why we right. have the entertainment industry, in my opinion. But bad yeah. news is something that needs to be reported, and it needs to be reported accurately so we know who all the jerks are, right? So we can get them out of the way. Otherwise, I mean, it, it's like necrotic cells. If you're getting surgery to remove a tumor, you know, it, it's <laughs> you have to get all of it, right? And you have to get it fast or it metastasizes, and it, it becomes the identity over time. Like, you become cancer at some point, and it's untenable, mm-hmm. right, for a society. If we want this society to continue people from both sides have to be willing to drop Rocco what you're talking about these walls they have up based on their prejudices if it's conservative or liberal or Republican or Democrat whatever it is doesn't matter you have to be able to face reality as it is and if you can't then we're going to live in a fantasy world until it collapses right and that's where we are right now we are living in a in a fantasy world where people are questioning basic fundamentals of science Right. Because that's how they feel. This is ridiculous. This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and I, it, you said before, we've got all this information now. It should be hard to trick people. Neil deGrasse Tyson likes to say that we've got uh, smartphones and dumb people. Um, <laughs> and he's absolutely correct about that. All this technology has done nothing to make us smarter. And that should I, tell I, you something. Yeah. Right. I mean, it should tell you something. It should tell you that this isn't the answer. Right. We can use this to find the answer. But this is not the answer. This alone. Yeah. Yeah. No, for you, sure. I'm so curious because, you know, you do have such a vocal passion for what you believe and you shoot the shit pretty freely. What kind yeah. of what kind of backlash do you receive on a daily basis for putting <laughs> putting it out there? Uh, yeah, people don't really do that to me for whatever okay. reason. I don't know why. I mean, every now and again, if if uh, if I'm on somebody else's show and they post on their social media, sometimes people will chime in. Um, but my, my attitude is always pretty. If you can convince me, I'll believe you. You know what I mean? And I don't that to, I try to foster that kind of environment too, because otherwise I'm a hypocrite. You know what I mean? Like the evidence should be able to change your belief or opinion about something, because that's the point. That's the Socratic method, right? You build a hypothesis, you test it, you review the results of that test, you make a conclusion and you build a new hypothesis and you just keep going like that forever. That's how it's got to be, right? So, 
you know, we get into scuffles sometimes uh, with people, but for the most part, it's like if you can if you can convince me with evidence of what you're saying, then I will believe you. You know what I mean? And I think that's a that's a challenge for people. It's a challenge yeah. in, in a good way. I mean, it's like instead of just it's it's very easy to get your dopamine hit by going through Twitter and calling people dicks for saying stuff that you don't like. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a lot harder for people to challenge themselves, right, to be challenged. So I like to ask questions to which I know people don't have the answers. That way they have to look. And then just that whole process of going from one belief to new evidence to new belief is so critical. And it's, yeah. it's, critical to, it's critical for it to happen without us dancing on their graves. Like, see, I told you. Like, okay, well, you didn't know that either until you knew it. Everything you know, you didn't know until you knew it. So why are we criticizing right. people for discovering new things? It doesn't make any sense to me anyways. Yeah, we don't, we don't get into a whole lot of heated debates like that. For the most part, no, it's because usually when someone's talking smack, they, they don't know how to articulate their own argument, and that's right. I find that when someone on social media says something like, "If I post a border patrol picture," mm. I get a lot of Hispanics being like, "Bro, you're you're a border patrol," and if they <laughs> if they DM me, I will even ask for give me your number. We'll talk about it. And almost every phone call ends with them like, "Respect, bro. I appreciate you clarifying that." I mean, they <laughs> should go down. They should go down to the Texas border because pretty much everybody that works in border patrol down there is Latino. <laughs> like literally seventy percent of the people 70%. that are working down there. Yeah, seventy percent. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's a very interesting argument that, that anyone still doesn't understand. I'm like, I don't know how to. Well, that that's I would imagine that's pretty necessary for communication purposes, right? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's yes. that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big part of it, and as well as like, look, it's one of the better paying jobs in a border town. Mm -hmm. uh, it 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 is something that you start to believe in why we protect America because it's given your family, your your own origin story, the success that's gotten you to that point. And why wouldn't you continue to uphold and protect that ideology that your grandparents, mm -hmm. your mother, or your or your great grandparents sacrificed so much to get to? You know what I mean? The land of opportunity. Everyone's trying to get here. Uh, there yeah. is at some point a, a moment where we have to, I, you know, we have to try and find and protect that as well. And one of those places is on the border. And so, yeah, yeah think, I think, think about being a family or a, 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 a small community in ancient Greece and the Persians are rolling through murdering everybody. And then Greece lets you inside of their walls and you're like, hey, you know, what we should do is get rid of these walls. Like, uh, that never <laughs> happened. Right. So it's like it's some kind of weird uh, uh, socio-political suicide that's happening in America for some reason. Like all the, if for for some time now, the all of the institutions that protect us have been uh, 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 torn down, and uh, and and over the last two years with all this, uh, uh, all these mandates and such, a lot of them have actually been gerrymandered. Like anybody that has the temerity to stand up and say no when something's wrong has been eliminated from ranks of police institutions and the military for, and the intelligence community and public uh, safety and public health. But it's, it's not even just the institutions, but masculinity itself is under attack as if it's some kind of bad thing. Right. And this is people who have all these prejudices that they're bringing in and they think that uh, somehow it's intrinsically negative. No, the point of masculinity is to provide and protect. That's it. Right. And the point of uh, femininity is to teach empathy. That is, those are the points biologically of those two things to be caregivers and to be protectors. That's what they are. And we don't look at any other protector like they're evil just because that's what they are. It doesn't make any sense to think like that. 
but because everybody have these biases, right? They think that they try to reduce it down to the lowest possible level and say, well, because there have been problems in this institution, the thing that feeds this institution must be corrupt. It's the fruit of the poison tree fallacy. It's not true. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's why there are 270 million interactions between police and U.S. citizens every single year and less than 0.001% of them end in any kind of negative way, I mean, including arrests and tickets, right? Very few of them end in any kind of way, uh, not even violent, but just negative in any kind of way. So the data just doesn't support any of this stuff, right? It doesn't. It doesn't support it. Like Jordan Peterson talks about a lot with masculinity. People think that there's this just the, the entirety of human history is is defined by white males dominating everybody else right but there's just no evidence to support that it's been a very few amount of very rich people who have dominated everybody else in every culture including the dynasties in china including the persians which i mentioned before which is the second largest empire in the history of the world and it, it's it's why i believe so much in that individual liberty thing right because we've seen it pop up no matter what the religion was no matter what the culture was no matter what the race or ethnicity or nationality was these bad actors rise to the top in every single empire that's ever existed and they start to take advantage of everybody else and they use their whatever influence they gather to build more influence more power more money until everybody else is completely boxed out and that's when dystopia happens right we can't allow that to happen here i'm gonna go ahead and have to disagree with you a little bit Let's hear um, because I, I think it's interesting and, and I I would agree slightly. I I tend to um, you know, I was raised as a military brat, right? So mm -hmm. my dad is the ultimate dudes dude, masculine, tough, and a freaking teddy bear with my friends, right? And like the best grandpa that gets down on the floor and plays Barbies. So I don't think because you're type A here that means you have the tendency to be more aggressive or you you could, you know, dominate someone. But I will say I I don't all do. I don't know that a white man can tell a woman that, yeah, no, the the white man dominating doesn't exist because I, I don't I don't necessarily believe that, as I wouldn't pretend to have the perspective of a black woman trying to mm. go the route. Like, I just, I don't know. Right. I've never walked in her shoes. I've no, well, I'm not, I'm not really interested in people's personal perspectives though. Right. I mean, that's, that's not data. That's by definition, not data. Right? That's, that's not, data? Uh, I measure it in the fact that uh, like, let's say today's society, right. The United States right now, it is very largely dominated by white, older white men. There's no question about that. Right. But not all white men. That's the that's the difference that most people just don't seem to be able to grasp. Point oh one of the percent of the population basically dominates everybody else. Now, there are some people of color in there. There are some women in there, but it's primarily older white men. And that has been the case through most of European history. But it has always been less than one percent of people who are dominating everybody else. So the categorization is a monolith to say that it's white men causing these problems. No, it's some white men cause these problems. And it's most white men who are dealing with the same bullshit that everybody else is. You know what I mean? That's just, it's statistically speaking, that's how it is. The vast majority of people. That's why, 
That's why the left in America has completely lost everybody. They've lost the working class because the white coal miner, the white pipe fitter in Pennsylvania or water treatment person or whomever else work in these shitty jobs where they've joined their union and they've made compromises to get better health care and pensions and yeah. uh, take less pay for it. And when it got time for the pensions to get paid out, they didn't get that either. You know what I mean? They've been completely screwed over time and time again. And to tell that person that white people are causing all their problems, right. Or that white people are causing all the problems in America. That's a hard, that's not, a, that's not one, it's not reality. And two, it's not something that people are going to be willing to accept because they're living that right. Like they're, they are the proof that that's not true. Well, the problem is blanket statements, right? Yes. And I've, mm. and I've lived in Altoona and Johnstown. I've seen that, right? Old rail town, old quad. Like I get oh, yeah. it. And, I, you know, like I've worked with those photogs whose dads lived in, a, you know, like I, I get all of that, you know, again, first job survived on dollar cheeseburgers. I'm not coming from any sort of sense of entitlement. I'm just saying like, I don't, I don't, Blanket statements are the issue, right? Are all mm. white men dominating? No, you're right. The other point about politicians are uh, pe people who are like 65 plus are generally considered by most societies to be unemployable. But for some reason, because of their age, because they're out of touch with what the fuck is going on in reality right now, but they are the dominant force in American politics. How could that be? How can the people who are making decisions for our life, they're making decisions, right, that do not affect them? One, because they're in the patrician class, and two, because they'll be dead before the changes make any impact. So that's one thing. The other thing is uh, this poem about – well, it's not a poem. It's a, it's a, a story about uh, ants in a jar, right? So if you put fire ants and black ants in a jar together, put some sand in there – they will go about their business, build habitats, and ignore one another completely. If you shake the jar, they will attack one another and kill one another because they think the other ant shook the jar, but they never stop to ask who actually shook the jar, right? So this is the point. That's why the left lost the working class. The black person in South Central who has this culture that's completely tuned out of the american experience because they've been kept from it for so long right because wow. a trillion dollars was robbed out of the black community from uh, uh not being paid for uh for uh, uh labor during the slavery period and 83 percent of all wealth comes from your family giving it to you right whether it's equity in a home or cash or whatever it is and the gi bill came out right during Jim Crow. So yeah, technically you can get, you can go to college. Sure. Yeah. If they'll take you, but they can say no until 1965, 20 years after the goddamn war ended. You know what I mean? So the apparatus that built the middle class in this country, completely off limits for most black people, unless you live nearby to an HBCU, it's why they're so important. All this stuff happened, but that person has so much more in common with the West Virginia coal miner than he does with anybody in DC, regardless of what their political beliefs are. Right. So we need to start asking who shook the jar. It's not white men. It's power hungry pieces of shit that have made politics their career. Right. That's the difference. Damn. I got a question. This is sure. a little bit. <laughs> Did you see the Will Smith smack? Was that real? Are we what back is, on this? I'm going to say this real quick 
because I'm curious to know Dan's because Dan seems to research these things way more than most people. Mm. And I'm curious if you thought it was part of a, just a, uh, you know, ratings. Um, you know, there was part of me that considered that for sure. And then I remembered that video from 2019, the one that resurfaced last week of Jada filming him against his will. Right. Uh, yeah. No pun intended there, but filming him against uh, and he just looks like a broken man that yeah. doesn't he looks he, he has the face of somebody that's in a, a psychologically abusive relationship. Like I've seen that so many times. You've seen it so many times, too. You know what I mean? He looks like the kind of guy that feels like he has no options. He has no hope. And people will say, oh, he's a millionaire. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, Kate Spade was a millionaire, too. Right. She fucking killed yeah. herself. Yeah, yeah, that that stuff does not matter, man. That psychological abuse where you get uh, uh, where you pro progress from uh, uh, Stockholm syndrome into like the, the kind of new realization that like, oh, my God, this is going to be my life now. And there's nothing I can do about it. That is, uh, I, I was abused as a kid. So I know what that feels like. You know what I mean? To be trapped in a place with somebody and feel like there's no way out. It sucks. And that's what I yeah. saw on his face. So once yeah, I yeah. went back and reviewed that old video of her giving him the business, I was like, man, this woman is a terrible, terrible human being. Yeah, it just feels so insane to see something like that. Here, here's and a, this is part of the whole receiving information. What information is is you know digestible? That was the biggest thing we've had on the news. I mean, the Ukraine mm. thing all stopped. No one's people stopped talking about Ukraine. People stopped yeah. talking about politics. Everything went wayside because of a smack. And the crazy thing about that is, I'm flying to LA to go film Mayans. And mm. as I'm getting out of my car, kiss my wife, hug my kids, and I'm walking, I start hearing it in my ear. People were playing it. And I get checked in through backs, go to security. People are watching it on their phones. I'm getting mm. the escalator to my freaking gate. People are watching it. Everyone around me was watching that clip, and it blew me. I, I was so, like, uncomfortable. I was like, whoa, man, we are definitely – we're, I'm living in a simulation right now. That's mm. how weird it was. That moment yeah. was all things stopped because Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. It was like that's how influential our media has become and mm. not in a good way. Like That's that was a great example of it. You're right. And that was like, that's just trying to bring that back. Like that blew me away. And I was just, I was on the whole flight. I was like, man, that is uncomfortable to know. And yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood is some of our highest paid individuals in the world. Mm. Yeah. It's I mean, a, it was, uh, it was a surreal moment. It was uh, more surreal that no one did anything about it. Um, correct. That was kind of odd to me, honestly, but you know, um, I think people thought it was staged, right? Yeah, like, how, how does no one do anything about it? I honestly, it, yeah, it was so crazy. I think most of the people in the audience thought it wasn't real, probably, right? You have to assume that. I, yeah, yeah. I would not have thought that was real if if I had been there. I probably, right? Unless until the commercial break when he started to show more emotion. Yes, and stuff, yes. Then you know it's real, but. I didn't think it was real when I saw the clip. When I heard him mm. say, you know keep my wife's out, name out of your mouth that and how yeah. uncomfortable and how silent that was. There's no way that wasn't real in that moment. You know, it was too uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. it's, uh, but again, we, we have that whole scenario is 
pretty common, right? The uh, woman who is psychologically abusive to the man. And, um, you know, it just it's not going to get a lot of play, right? Because the it's so much more obvious when a man abuses a woman because typically it's violence. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so much more obvious. And we can and it's almost like post-traumatic stress. Like you can't if, if a dude loses a leg, you can see that like, oh, that sucks. Park in the yeah. handicap spot. But if a dude's brain is all jacked up with TBI or something, it's hard to see that sometimes. And mm -hmm. I think that's, uh, you know, a bit of a problem. But uh, it, it's I, I would the thing I respected most of the, out of that situation was Denzel Washington being the de the old dad that he is. Like, that's just who he is in my brain as an old dad. Uh, yeah. uh, and at first I was like, man, I can't believe he's like comforting the guy who actually just committed assault. And then, you know. A couple of days later, processing all this stuff, remembering or seeing again the, the Jada Pinkett video where she's like talking about the red table stuff and oh, yeah. it's so uncomfortable. I'm like, man, Denzel may have been the only person that got any of this right this whole time, uh, yeah. which shouldn't be surprising. I mean, that's who he is as a person. He's you you know about him. He's like he he shows up at uh, VAs and his rights checks and stuff all the time. He's and he never you never hear about it because that's not the point for him. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, these all these things give us an opportunity to I mean, you working in a security background and this being a security company, the best time to do a security uh, uh, review is after an incident. Right. Because yeah. everything's fresh. Uh, it's like pouring water into a bucket, seeing where the leaks are. Um, and that that instance, when, when stuff like that happens, I tend to try to figure out who did the right thing. It's obvious who did the wrong thing. But who did the right like because how are you going to learn? Right. I mean, do you watch terrible base? Do you, you, you play baseball. You're going to let your kids watch terrible baseball players to learn the fundamentals of baseball. No, try to find it's what it's what Mr. Rogers said back in the day. Look for the helpers. Right. But in, for, yeah. as an adult, as an adult, I don't need anybody to help me, but I can learn stuff from people based on how they react in extreme circumstances. And I think yeah. a lot of people should have taking some time to learn from Denzel Washington in that case. That's my take on that whole situation. The rest of it, I don't really care about. Yeah. <laughs> no, Isn't it crazy how when we are, we have that, you know, no matter if you're female or male, right. You, mm. you go through some sort of psychological, emotional abuse and mm. you, you, you truly get backed into a corner. And there are, there are those moments where you're in fight or flight and your response mm is just it's purely out of trauma right it's just yeah. you're conditioned to have trauma responses and you can't and then you look you know years down the road and you're like hurt people hurt people what was yeah. that you know exactly yeah. exactly um i have to bring this up have to Vince, because i got called out on the last time we had this discussion about the ghost of kiev because we've said no way false information Correct. I got called out by uh, Ukrainian friends that have intimate knowledge of this. And they, they said, absolutely true story. They believe nope. it's true. 100% know the people involved on the peripheral edge of it. And, and 100% say this is true. So I have to at least say that out of respect for my Ukrainian friends. I get it. I would, I would almost, I almost feel as if it is such a beautiful romanticized story that they have to hold on to that. Um, from what I've researched, it is not true. So I, I mean, I would love to find more information on that. Dan. No. <laughs> Telling the line. 
no, I just, I mean, uh, evidence would would change my mind, but there is none. And we've looked pretty hard, right? But I mean, look, again, co- the first uh, casualty of war is always the truth. So who knows what's going on over there? Uh, right. yeah. uh, there like there's this general idea that Russia's losing the war and that is is a, a really silly and ignorant and dangerous way to think about what's going on right now because that is not at all what the reality of the situation on the ground is there may have been uh, I mean you have to think about any kind of conflict like that yeah you've got your uh, you got your op orders and stuff like that so you're trying to achieve specific objectives but when you when you go to war, it, Russia fights like it's World War II still. That's how they fight. So these wars yeah. of attrition that seem so out of touch for us, that's just the norm for them. They don't expect to have complete air dominance for 40 years. You know what I mean? Like we have. They don't expect to uh, just go from Kuwait to Baghdad in three weeks. They don't expect that. That's not how they fight. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is that we don't know what their list of objectives are. Like they, I assume that one of their objectives was probably to either pressure Zelensky into resigning and installing a puppet or maybe kill him. I think killing him would have been too unpopular. I'm not sure if Putin cares about that. He's a lunatic. But certainly keeping, creating some standoff between the two territories, uh, Donetsk and Luhansk in the east that they want because of the natural gas, creating some standoff between the two, Lviv and Kiev, which is their two main cities uh, in this center west part of the country. That's good military strategy to do that. It's good to start fighting over here so you can surround these areas and take them, right? And that's what they've done. And they they're now this retreat where they're pulling forces back to collapse in on their actual target, that's not retreat. That's not what that is. That is... It's just basic military strategy. And I don't understand why all of these people who have made a career of the military and studying history of war can't figure this out. Or maybe they're just too afraid to say it out loud because it sounds like it's pro-Russian. I hate Russia. Those guys suck. Like everything they do sucks. Uh, They can't do anything correctly except for trick Germany into giving up their energy independence. But (laughs) <laughs> they can't do any, they don't do anything particularly well except for just hold geography, right? And the people that run that place are terrible, terrible human beings. Putin, especially, is a piece of shit. But the reality on the ground is the reality on the ground. And it doesn't do us any favors to pretend otherwise. It doesn't do us any favors to pretend that Zelensky's out there in his olive drab shirt, you know, like uh, with, a, with a bandana around his head, like Rambo shooting M60s into the air, because this is not reality. He's hiding in a bunker somewhere. And that's fine. He's the president. He shouldn't be fighting on the front line. Why would he be? But why do we have to create these weird-ass stories that are completely untrue? And you can go find that they're untrue. That's the bigger problem, because it, then it diminishes trust in every other thing you say. I don't get it. It's like the, the propaganda is... Is, is an important part of warfare, I guess, but it needs to change somehow because they're yeah. not doing it very well right now. It feels like the Hunger Games. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a whole other thing here in the, in the U.S. That's a whole other thing. Uh, it's, it's like we're, we're 10 years away from most of the people who work in Washington just having facial modifications and crazy hair and whatever else and then children <laughs> fighting to the death for their amusement. It's, it's so uh, weird. That's the weirdest thing that's going on in America right now is the very clear attempt by 
a small part of the left side of the country trying to groom children to believe how they believe about certain things, things that are completely unsettled science, but they're trying to teach them as fact to people, to children who are five to eight years old and getting upset when you say, Hey, maybe let's not talk to five to eight year olds about that. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a pretty good litmus test. If somebody says that I want to uh, teach your child about like uh, 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 transitioning and gender theory and stuff like that when they're five to eight years old. Now we've had lawsuits about this stuff before, like with religion and schools and with Joe Camel, right? Like, and like targeting children specifically to get ideas in their head before they have uh, a, a sophisticated enough uh, brain to fight against it. You know what I mean? So it becomes real to them before they ever have any opportunity to process information and live their life. We've had, we've gone through this with uh, uh, so many like alcohol and tobacco before, and now it's happening. And it's just weird. It's a weird hill to die on. Don't you think of, of all the things that you could, that you could stand up for? That one seems very bizarre to me. I think at five, I want to control what I decide my five-year-old should hear. Yeah. And yeah. So you don't co-parent, is, you don't, you don't co-parent your children with the state. Like Correct. The, the state and, has and, no say in how you parent. Yeah. And you do you, right? That that's what mm -hmm. I always come back to. You do you. You have your house the way you want to have. I I don't, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to parenting and having agendas or narratives, yes, I don't want to collectively have a, a, a co-parenting relationship with the, you know, with the government. I will mm -hmm. make that call at home. I will have the conversations, whether I agree or disagree. It's It should be my choice to have those conversations at five years old. Allow parents to parents. Like, it's like yeah. in your yeah. household, your kids can watch whatever TV shows. In my house, my, my kids don't watch mine's. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let yep. every parent parent. Let them choose. The but I also wouldn't want – I wouldn't want the elementary school where my – five to eight year old is going to school to have CNN or Fox news or MSNBC on television right. all day. I don't want right. that no. crap. Like no. let them, let them learn about uh, how to share with other people, like basic fundamentals of being a decent human being. And then maybe some math, who knows, you know, guys, we're going down a whole nother rabbit hole and we need to wrap <laughs> it up. Dan, you can come back and we can talk about this another time, but we do need to wrap here. So Dan, tell us when and where we can check out Drinking Bros. Uh, well, it's on uh, any audio platform for podcasts you use. We're on YouTube. Uh, we've got some additional things on Patreon, like Jack Mandeville does a weird ass show on Patreon. Uh, if you're into that sort of stuff, if you know who Jack Mandeville is, you'll enjoy his program, I guess. But Very yeah, talented. just uh, yeah, he's uh, he's great. Uh, yeah, so you can find me at Dan Holloway on all social media platforms and, and uh, drink it bros podcast, pretty much anywhere. Just type in Google. You'll find us. Awesome. Thanks. And of course you can check out time to head North on those same audio platforms. And we push out on social media and be sure to visit TNG's website at TNGdefense.com. Vince, love you, buddy. Dan, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And we will see you all soon. Thanks for joining us.